Welcome to the Healthy Tips Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your app software needs, BulletPad for building lists on your iPad, and also supported by donations from our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Ittersom. Today, we're going to be discussing, can vitamin C cure heart disease? We'll look at some natural ways to clean out your arteries, reduce the bad LDL cholesterol, and increase the good HDL cholesterol in your bloodstream. And we're also going to look at some ways to reduce the inflammation in your whole body. Wow. Sounds like a great show, Kara. Yeah, good stuff today. So for the past, I don't know, 50, 60 years, heart disease had been the number one killer in the United States. I think most medical professionals would agree, and they feel that the leading cause of this problem is our Western diet, and then secondly, our stress. Yeah, life in America today. Now, of course, a contributing factor to this is our lack of daily exercise. So there we are. Who, me? Are you you talking about me? Sitting in the dark behind our computer all day, not moving, getting up and having a fatty lunch. Mm. And coming back, two Coke, two Pepsis. Couple donuts, maybe. Well, that was breakfast. Cookies. Mm, Yeah, cookies. cookies. Definitely cookies after lunch. Definitely, definitely. This is the American diet. Yeah. But I think at this particular point, and I know we've been joking a little bit here, but a lot of the consensus begins to break down. So eat red meat, don't eat meat. Eat butter, no. Eat margarine. Eat fat, no. Don't eat fat. Are there some healthy fats or are all the fats bad? You understand why people give up, don't you? <laughs> this, it's a little confusing. Well, back in the 20th century, there was a scientist, a double Nobel Prize winner, who discovered some very interesting things about vitamin C and some other vitamins and natural supplements. And these products seem to work wonders with the patients who follow his particular protocol. Well, the scientist's name is Dr. Linus Pauling, and his protocol is called the Pauling Therapy. The Pauling Therapy, how appropriate. (laughs) This is a therapy that was really developed for heart patients. Anyone would benefit from some of these things, but this is the basic protocol. And we're going to give it to you point by point here, so... Get a piece of paper and write it down if you want to. You can uh, stop the podcast, start it up again. So you can always go back and listen to this again. The first one is take 6,000 to 18,000 milligrams of vitamin C as ascorbic acid daily. Pauline says that anyone who's been diagnosed with cardiovascular disease should take this great amount of vitamin C. Now, some of you may know that when you take vitamin C, it tends to act as a laxative in the body. So you want to be careful. And that's why he gives people a little bit of leeway here to determine how much they can tolerate. So you can begin by taking the 6,000. And if you notice that you're developing a little bit of loose stool or a problem with tolerating the vitamin C in your system at that rate amount, you can reduce it. You can always back off a little. Also remember that the half-life of vitamin C once it enters your bloodstream is about 30 minutes. So he advises that you take it throughout the day and take some every four hours or so. And then be sure to take some again before you go to bed. 
So that might help also in reducing the amount that you would take at any given time. Another thing that happens, sometimes people when they take vitamin C, because of their intolerance to it in the beginning, may have like some bloating or experience some gas symptoms or, you know, as we mentioned before, the diarrhea thing. But if you have those kind of problems and they're ongoing and you don't see that alleviating after a while, then you may want to take the liposomal vitamin C. And this is a special kind of vitamin C that actually has a coating around the vitamin C molecules. So that as it goes through your digestive system, you're not going to experience this same kind of problem. You should maybe alleviate a lot of it with this type of vitamin C because it will go more readily into the bloodstream without going through the digestive process. You know, Kara, you might remind our listeners that we actually have two additional podcasts about liposomal vitamin C. One about our experiences taking liposomal and the other one about how we actually make it in the kitchen. Right. Bill gives you a blow-by-blow about how to make liposomal vitamin C without a great deal of expense right in your own kitchen. So that's a really interesting podcast. Point number two in the Pauling therapy is take 2,000 to 6,000 milligrams of lysine daily. And by the way, a thousand milligrams is a gram. So I could easily have said two grams to six grams, but sometimes it's more easily understood in milligrams. I know in the tablets of vitamin C, they come very readily in 1000 milligram tablets. They don't necessarily say one gram tablets. Lysine is approximately the same way. It comes in a tablet form or capsule form, and they are in milligrams on the bottle. Well, lysine helps build collagen. That's one of its main functions, and collagen is that connective tissue all the way throughout the body. Lysine also has the wonderful aspect of reducing herpes outbreaks. So if you are the kind of person who has cold sores a lot or some of the other problems with herpes infections, you'll love to hear that aspect about lysine. Um, Lysine also has a factor along with the vitamin C of helping to reduce the LDL concentrations. And there's a binding effect that happens to cause the LDL to be bound up and removed through the liver, which is one of the reasons that Linus Pauling put the lysine into the therapy process. Number three on the list of things to do is follow Linus Pauling's general heart and cardiovascular nutritional recommendations. And he has provided all of these in his 1986 book entitled How to Live Longer and Feel Better. But here are the additions that he mentions. He says take vitamin E daily, take 800 IUs, and you can take up to 3,200 IUs of vitamin E. Take vitamin A, 20,000 to 40,000 IUs of that, and then also take Super B Complex, one or two tablets of high-dosage vitamin B Complex. And then also as a daily backup, he wants you to take multiple vitamin and mineral supplement. Two other things that are very important, eat less sugar, far less sugar, and drink plenty of water. And that sugar keeps coming up, it keeps coming up, it keeps coming up. Again, I'll remind our listeners that we have two other podcasts about sugar toxicity and one about high fructose corn syrup and how that is so prevalent in our culture today and in so many of the products that are offered to us to buy and then eat. Right. 
And one of the reasons, of course, that he's mentioning taking vitamin E and vitamin A, those are some of the anti-inflammatory agents. We know that because they take up the free radicals in our bloodstream. So those are really important ingredients. Number four actually comes from Dr. Matthias Rath, who was a partner with Dr. Lyons Pauling to actually help put this Pauling therapy together. So Dr. Rath suggests take 250 to 2,000 milligrams of amino acid proline and take that every day. The nutrient proline is especially powerful in working with the LPA binding inhibitor properties to help reduce the bad cholesterol, the LDLs. We're going to take a break here for a moment to thank a sponsor. This segment of our podcast is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is a great tool for writers and thinkers, featuring a simple but powerful toolbar above the keyboard to help you navigate your text with arrow keys and to change the indent of your bullet points. Use drag and drop to move your bullet points anywhere in the list. Use the zoom in feature to drill down on any section of your list or use zoom out to get the big picture view. BulletPad is available now for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And number five on the list of things to do is take coenzyme Q10. Now, CoQ10 is commonly known as it's a vital substance that's required to produce energy in our cells. And it also plays a really important role in maintaining proper heart function. It is really important for your heart that you have enough CoQ10. And we all do produce it in our body, but as we get older, we don't produce as much. And of course, many heart patients are the older group among us. And so that's why it's so important to take it. And he says to take 100 to 300 milligrams of it daily. Also, vitamin C and several vitamins may actually help to stimulate your production of CoQ10. So if you're getting the vitamin C and then taking this much, you should be fine. And you know, unfortunately, one of the main drugs that the medical profession will give to a person who's either has heart disease or who has already been through a heart event, they'll give them statin drugs. And a very negative effect of statin drugs is to block the CoQ10 production in the body. So just at the time when your heart needs more CoQ10, the statins are wiping it out. Right. Statins are really pushed on heart patients. People we know who've had this problem have told us that they want want you to take as much as they can get you to take. And it's controversial today. There are quite a few doctors who are now suggesting that it may not be a great idea. So number six does come back to that fats, eat fats, leave fats question that I raised earlier. Number six says eliminate trans fatty acids from the diet and instead add in omega-3s and omega-6s. So trans fatty acids are the products that a lot of manufacturers add to baked goods, to all of the processed foods in particular, These are not a natural type of fat. It's almost like a man-made fat in a sense, trans fatty acid. 
the dropout rate in your bloodstream is very high. That is where the danger comes in, is that it accelerates the LDL compartment of your cholesterol in addition to many other negative things. Right. Pretty much all of the processed oils are suspect when it comes to trans fatty acids. They don't always tell you. So in place of the trans fatty acids, the Linus therapy calls for the addition of omega-3s and omega-6s. The omega-3s, of course, are from the fish, and the omega-6s are from like flaxseed, evening primrose, and some of the other plant products. And the omegas help with the free radicals. They help with balancing out the cholesterol. They work with the glucose cholesterol problem where the glucose tends to block uptake of vitamin C. There's been a lot of research on the omega-3s and the omega-6s in many blind studies. And the overwhelming response has been that omega-3s help reduce inflammation throughout the body. They have beneficial effects in the cells and in the cell walls. And they help the cells uptake vitamin C, lysine, and niacin, among other things. So it's a very, very powerful supplement to take. And they're very easy to take today because you can get them in soft gels and you can get them with no fishy aftertaste because ours are like that. We used to have a brand that lets you burp fish for about an hour and a half, but not anymore. They're pretty much amazing now. And the other thing is that the leading contributor to heart disease is inflammation. And more and more doctors are discovering now that it's not necessarily the cholesterol that's the bad thing. It's the inflammation combined with the bad cholesterol that is the bad thing. So if we can reduce the inflammation, we'll be so far ahead. The next thing is to eat salt. Now, this sounds really controversial because almost anyone who has heart disease is told immediately, or especially if they have high blood pressure along with their heart disease, which most of them do, they're taught right away to reduce the salt. And, you know, common table salt may be actually poisonous for you, but salt itself is very good for you. And we're talking in terms of unrefined salt, such as Celtic sea salt. It contains about 80 minerals that can be considered really necessary for your health. So you don't want to eliminate salt altogether, but take the right kind. And don't take that refined junk that they sell at the store in the Morton's box. Now, again, you don't put the shaker on the table and just load up like you used to do. I mean, it's best to begin cutting back your addiction, if you will, to salt. Certainly, salty snacks are not going to have the right kind of salt. They're not going to be salted with Celtic sea salt because it's no, expensive. absolutely. You have to be aware of that, too. It's and the pretzels important. have the big chunks of salt in there, and you love to lick that, you know, on a warm afternoon with a, a beer in your hand or so, some soft drink. It's going to be necessary to watch that intake of salt, but it is also possible for you to still have some salt if you choose the right kind. Number eight is supplement your diet with magnesium in the amount of 150 to 1500 milligram. However, be very careful that while you're adding magnesium, you reduce the input of manganese because manganese tends to work opposite of magnesium. You need manganese, but only about two milligrams a day 
it tends to reverse the effect of magnesium. And magnesium is very, very important for your heart. Yes, magnesium, of course, would be prime for your heart because your heart is a big muscle. And magnesium is the wonderful mineral for your muscles. Too much manganese and you can end up with an irregular heartbeat, an arrhythmia. And I was really glad to find that out because I actually was taking extra manganese because I like to preserve the acetylcholine. And I know that manganese works to do that, but it also works to offset the uptake of this magnesium. So I was like, oh, I didn't know that. That's something I learned as we were doing research here. The next thing that you do on this protocol is you eliminate ordinary sugar and refined carbohydrates. And of course, this is what you're going to find in those donuts and cookies and all the goodies that we like to snack on. Just be careful about that. You want to eliminate. And he says, eliminate, not reduce. Actually, get rid of these things out of your diet. If you're a heart patient, don't be doing sugar or refined carbs in any capacity whatsoever. Pace yourself. I know that it's taken me several months to reduce and reduce and reduce sugars. And it's not completely out of my diet. I I just had a wonderful salad last Mm -hmm. night for dinner. And by gosh, the salad dressing had quite a bit of sugar in it. When that's gone, I'll be even more careful. Maybe I'll start learning how to make my own dressing or something. So again, a little bit at a little bit. First place that I started was soda pop. So we don't drink soda pop anymore. The next place is, as Kira said, the prepared desserts and ice cream and things like that, where another big load of sugar comes from. So pace yourself and you will find that over a time, your palate will change. Absolutely. And do give yourself a pat on the back for any little change that you make, because one change, even though small, will make a difference. Everything you do makes a difference. So number 10 is supplement with vitamin K and use either the K1 or the K2 form. So take between 1 and 40 milligrams of K1 or 150 micrograms of K2. The function of the K vitamin is to regulate calcium from your soft tissues into the bones. Unfortunately, those patients that are on a blood thinning drug like Coumadin or some of the others. Which very often heart patients are on a drug like that. Absolutely. They may have to find another solution before they take the K vitamins because these will interfere with each other. So you'll have to talk to your doctor about the K vitamins if you're on a blood thinning drug and see if you can find another alternative If you have an alternative doctor or a doctor who uses natural remedies as opposed to these blood thinners, they may be having you take a large dose of vitamin E or A and C or some other form of thinning your blood. There are other ways to thin your blood. Wow, okay, Kira, thanks. Even fish oils, large doses of fish oils might work for that grapeseed extract. So doctors may know if they're into the natural supplements they may be able to help you avoid taking those thinners that are made out of rat poison. (laughs) Well, this is what the protocol here says they're made out of. Another thing that you want to do is avoid taking supplemental calcium in your diet. If you do uh, elect a supplement with calcium, you want to be sure to at least use the same amount of magnesium. And this is, once again, because calcium and magnesium and other types of things that you may be taking on this regimen will be competing with each other. 
So you don't want to take extra in there that's going to compete with it, something else that you need, like the magnesium. The number 12 is to add multivitamins and multi-mineral supplements as insurance. Kara did read that before in terms of the beginning part of the protocol. That is always a recommended part of any prescription that Dr. Linus Pauling will give is to make sure that all the bases are covered with a master or multivitamin mineral supplement. He doesn't say that you should get something expensive. He doesn't say that you should get something exotic. And again, watch to make sure that your mineral count is not going too high. And again, watch to make sure that your manganese levels are not exceeding two milligrams. Use discretion. Watch the cost because they don't have to be fancy. Right. Another thing you want to do is supplement some of your other amino acids. He mentions three of them here, taurine, arginine, and carnitine, and wants you to take one to three grams daily of each one of these. These are things that do benefit the muscle and the heart function. Number 14 is to add supplemental vitamin D3, especially in the winter months. Of course, you get vitamin D from milk and from some other products. And the body does make its own vitamin D, but in the summer months, it's much easier. You're in the sunlight more, and the sun is more direct. But in the winter, especially in latitudes north of, let's say, I don't know, Atlanta, Georgia or so, you are not going to get outside as much. You are not going to be exposing your skin where it can uptake the ultraviolet light. You have your heavy coats on, and your face is often even covered So people in the northern climates definitely don't get enough sunlight to convert and make enough of their own vitamin D. Now, in supplement form, vitamin D3 is now the new easy-take capsule. So go for that. Again, watch the cost. You don't need anything exotic, and you don't need anything fancy or expensive. Right. And the wonderful thing about vitamin D3 is not only great for your heart, but it also had significant protection against colds and flu viruses as well. Another thing you want to take, and this is the last item in the regimen, before you go to bed at night, take three to six milligrams of melatonin, and this will help you to rest. It's something that helps improve sleep. And of course, it's very good for you. It's got all kinds of longevity factors. It increases your cardiovascular and anti-cancer benefits and also reduces stress. Anytime you get more rest, you're going to be reducing stress significantly. So again, the statin drugs will often cause heart patients to lose sleep or not to sleep very well, to sleep fitfully. So melatonin, especially when you take it before bed, helps you get that nod off that you need to get down into a better sleep pattern and to get down into your REM sleep. Its half-life is actually shorter than it takes to get to REM, but it actually takes you down into a pre-REM so that you can really enjoy your sleep. We need to take a break for a moment to thank a sponsor. This segment of our program is sponsored by App Judo, your complete web and mobile application development service. The Japanese word judo means the gentle way. The martial art of judo got this name because it signifies maximum efficiency and mutual welfare and benefit. App Judo follows these same principles in all its software development projects using the best technologies and computer science principles to serve clients' needs elegantly and intelligently. 
AppJudo prides itself on building attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. Before we end, I want to just say for those of you listening that we are not licensed healthcare providers and nothing we say here should be misconstrued as medical advice. It's not meant to treat or diagnose or prescribe anything. Everything that we share here in our podcast is our own opinions based on our own personal research and our experimentation. So please consult your own licensed medical advisor before following this or any other health program or advice. The bottom line is you're responsible for your own life, and we do encourage you to do some research of your own as well. Bill and I want to thank you for being with us today. You can subscribe to our podcast by going to iTunes Podcast. And look for the Healthy Tips podcast produced by the Better Living Institute. You can also find us at our own website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com where you can find all our podcast articles and products. If you enjoyed today's program, we hope that you will share it with your friends and family. For the Better Living Institute, this is Kieran Bill Van Ittersom. So long for now, everyone. <music>